Want great business banking features like advanced payment processing? Whitney Bankers can help you find the right solutions for your business. Stop by one of Whitney's nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South or visit HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com, and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. From Mansers on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're out to lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Some of us embark on a career and we're set for life, but sometimes one career unexpectedly leads to another or perhaps prepares us for another in ways that we don't at first anticipate. Take Dr. Meredith Warner. She's an orthopedist with a practice here in Baton Rouge that she opened in 2013. Her career dealing with bones and joints has led to a second enterprise, this one entrepreneurial. Meredith has created a special shoe called the Healing Soul for people with plantar fasciitis. Meredith spent five years designing her shoe and even went to business school to learn the business side of selling and marketing it. In 2015, it went on the market, and two years later, it's selling online and in select stores in this area. Meredith, it's a really cool story. Great invention. Thanks for being here to tell us about it today. Thank you, Stephanie. I appreciate it. Jamie Carruth's career has also taken interesting twists and turns. She spent more than two decades in education and was principal at Highland Elementary School here in Baton Rouge for more than 13 years. But just one month after retiring in 2016, Jamie embarked on a new career in the lawn care business and became a franchisee for U.S. Lawns, a rapidly growing national company that provides grounds care for a variety of commercial clients throughout the capital region. Jamie is loving her new life. Congratulations on like whole new direction. Thank you. It's very different. Can't wait to hear about it. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Well, Meredith, let me start with you. I read that you first got the idea for this shoe when you were in your residency in Delaware. What sparked the idea? Well, my residency was actually at Tulane in uh, New Orleans where we do surgical training. That's what the residency is. I'm from Delaware originally and then went to med school in Philly. Um, I guess I just saw a gap in treatment so plantar fasciitis is is very very common it's some people call it a stone bruise it's when you have severe pain in the bottom of your heel Um, very common hits all different kinds of people and all different kinds of occupations Um, it really is not specific to any one type of person Um, and then and then the incidence of it i noticed was even more common when i did my active duty military time so i was on a training base and we saw a lot of recruits anyway the treatment is basically over-the-counter inserts, some steroid injections, or surgery. So how does your shoe work in in layperson's terms? Right, so what I did was I thought about it one day, you know, how do I treat this? What are 
what are my steps or what's my algorithm? And generally speaking, someone would come in, the first thing we would do is put them in a, in a boot, one of those plastic fracture boots, to immobilize the foot and give a rocker bottom, which is the curved sole on the boot that takes all the stress off the foot. If that doesn't work, then you might order PT or do an injection. If that doesn't work, you might do custom inserts. If that doesn't work, you might cushion. So you go through this variety of stepwise treatment. Well, meanwhile, that's multiple doctor visits, multiple co-pays, and multiple right. expenses to the patient. And in the past two to three to four years, I've noticed medicine kind of devolve into very, very high deductibles and very high um, financial burdens on patients whose incomes aren't going up to match it, correct? No question. So, so people are either foregoing treatment and rationing their own care because they can't afford it or, or not getting it because their insurance company won't allow them to. So what I did was I put all of the treatment principles together in a single device that people can use over and over again and buy on their own. And then if that doesn't work, then go see the doctor. So it basically you know, cushions and it holds the little foot in the right position and... It cushions, it de-stresses through the rocker bottom, and it, uh, I have a little lift under the great toe that uh, also stretches a plantar fascia and keeps your toes from contracting. I made it with a special EVA foam at a certain density that gives structure to the foot, which is healthier than soft, squishy things. Yeah. And, um, and then I have a very low-profile arch support. So all of that together, they synergistically work well. And it, and it works. Well, it's I want to hear success. I want to hear some more about it, but I want to bring Jamie into the sure. conversation because I mean, Meredith. A lot of teachers wear them, <laughs> and I bet people in lawn care who spend a lot of time That's on their feet right. might need it too. You, Meredith's, um, you know, shoe sort of came about naturally because of her her medical training, right? But you went from education to lawn care. How did you make that jump, and and why the decision to go into that completely different field? So I, like you said, I was in education for a very long time, and I had planned to retire um, and help my son build his residential lawn maintenance company. Okay. So a friend um, just mentioned that the U.S. Lawns Company in Natchez was doing stellar business and that we should check into it. So Alex and I, my son, we um, got online and kind of researched it, and all of a sudden, you know, I get a phone call from the U.S. Lawns main office in Orlando and they're saying you know we have the Baton Rouge territory open so all U.S. laws are um, guaranteed a dedicated territory so we went through the vetting process which was not easy um, um, we met weekly Alex and I and we went through each aspect of the franchise with them mm -hmm. we had to go visit them for a weekend to see if we were a good fit for them and they were a good fit for us and when we all came to an agreement last August 15th we signed up well, congratulations. Yeah. Now, how did you learn? I mean, so you had to learn about the, the horticulture mm -hmm. side of lawn care and also the business side of running this type of right. an enterprise. Well, do they train you or? Oh, actually, you get you do get a whole lot of training um, from the U.S. lawns people. And um, they actually have online training programs for our gardeners, for our account managers, for owners. Um, Alex had a background in lawn maintenance already so okay. he had the groundworks part down and I actually ran a small business when you run a school you're running a small business so you have you know a business background but you had originally planned to retire so what made you want to jump right back in into the working world well it's not really my personality to retire and my husband said that I would definitely couldn't retire because I would watch Judge Judy all day long because <laughs> I love those shows on TV so um, I thought it'd be you know Alex and I blending our particular um, skills was a good fit because I could be more flexible. I can go to lunch with my friends if I want to, but, you know, still I handle the sales and the business part while he does the, um, you know, the ground 
That's Super fantastic. Yeah. And, and you're in business with your son. That's great. It's awesome. Well, Meredith, you went to, to business school, actually, right. after you'd gotten your medical degree right. to learn how to sell and market this shoe. Did it help? Uh, yes, it did. And actually also helped me in medicine um, and probably get, and I did the executive program at LSU, which is an awesome program. I highly recommend um, <clears throat> it. Uh, I think it made me a more effective physician as well because I'm able to maintain my independence and be solo practice because I can yeah. run a business now as opposed to being an employed physician in one of these large group practices or one of these employed systems where you're essentially a cog in the wheel and you basically have to do what the, yeah. what the admin tells you in terms of treating patients. So I think it's made me a more effective doctor, but for sure it's helped with the shoe because one of the things we did was visit China and visit Brazil, and I think that kind of took away all of the um, unknown factor of sourcing outside of this country. Right. So our shoes are made in Vietnam for a couple of reasons, one of which you can't contract with the military if it's made in China. And one of my goals is obviously to get it on soldiers' feet one day. Um, but I think the, uh, the unknown, the fear factor was taken out with that visit, so that was good. And then obviously we learned uh, abundance of other skills, but I was thinking about what you said, being a principal and managing people probably helps you a lot. One of the biggest problems I have in business is, is uh, managing people, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and your workforce, and I'm sure you struggle with that in your, in your, well, we have labor in your issues, field. Yeah. Um, so, and, and it helped with that. Those are the sort of soft skills. That's that great. What, what kind of labor force do you have, um, Jamie? How many employees do y'all have working for you now? So when we started, um, one thing about the U.S. Bonds franchise is we have such good national support. And so we set goals. So the first, the goal for our first year is one truck, mm -hmm. three employees, and we're there. Excellent. Yep. We're about to add our fourth employee. And your contracts are commercial, so you don't commercial. do people's houses. No. Strictly businesses, like yes. restaurant or... Right. And the advantage to that is that we sign contracts with the businesses. So, you know, your, your revenue is guaranteed over, even during the non-growing season. Mm -hmm. And who, who are your clients, Meredith? Are they your, your, your customers? Are they runners? For the shoes? Yeah. Is it everybody? Um, uh, young, old, female, male? Is there a profile? Honestly, everybody. But I would say a lot of uh, high-end runners. In fact, our main retail locations are specialty running stores. Um, we sell a tr most online, however, nationally. I would say runners and then people that work on their feet. Um, and surprisingly, well, I was surprised, uh, a lot of men. I thought it was going to be heavy you know, 70, 30 female male sales. But I actually had to open new molds with larger sizes because it's so common in men, too. So. <clears throat> now, your, um, your shoe is the flip-flop. Correct. Okay, and so the men wear the flip-flop, too. Correct. Is there any plan to develop a shoe in a different style or uh, an yeah. insert kind of thing? 100% there's a plan. <laughs> but I've gone, I've gone through um, probably 14 prototypes, and we just can't make it... Uh, Good looking enough, if you will. <laughs> I can't. I can't get the style factor down on the clothes too. But you know, the the bottom is there. I mean, it works, but I just can't make it look good enough yet. That does so. seem to be a problem with with orthopedic type shoes. Correct. I don't know if you call right. this an orthopedic shoe, but yeah, I would. And uh, you're right. Making it good looking is is difficult. So. Is there a lot of competition? I mean. I don't oh, yeah. know anybody else that's, that's curing plantar fasciitis. But. Yeah, I mean, our, our competition is things like Vionics, Fit Flop. I mean, there's an abundant amount of treatment out there, but nothing, mine's 100% unique. We're patent pending, um, you know, things sitting in the federal government patent office, which I'm sure you know takes a while. Takes a while. Um, but it's pretty unique. Uh, but there's, 
a tremendous amount. I mean, just Google plantar fasciitis, you'll see there's hundreds of products. Um, I can't say they all work. Some work great, mm-hmm. you know, but I like to think mine's unique and um, better because I designed it to be better. What but, about your competition, Jamie? I, I know there are a lot of lawn care companies out here there are in Baton Rouge. There are a lot. very green verdant area there's a lot of need no question right I think um, I think the key to there is a lot of competition and it it was difficult in the beginning to break in because you have um, a lot of you know companies out there that everyone recognizes so I think um, once we once we made the first breakthrough and then um, I could go to the next business and say oh look we service so-and-so down the road and they, you know, and they're pleased, and that's how, you know, we kind of deal with the competition is by, you know, providing them with a quality product. Mm-hmm. We have quality control. Alex follows up, goes to the properties and makes sure, you know, that the guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing. We have um, a unique, through the franchise, we have a unique pricing tool. It's the first one of its kind in the United States. It's an online pricing tool. We, we actually price every bit of grass, every edge, every border, every bush, enter it into our pricing tool. In the pricing tool, it has all of our expenses and our burden with our employees' um, wages, and it spits out a price that's very fair for both people involved. And I think they really um, they really appreciate that, you know, we're not just eyeballing a property sure. and saying, you know, this is how much it's going to cost. How did you get that first deal? I mean, was it really knocking on a door cold call, or did you did you get connections through school or family Actually, actually um, a lot of it was cold calling, but um, another advantage to being part of this franchise, which I can't stress enough, is that they have a direct dial department in the franchise where they are on the phone calling all day, every day, getting appointments for us. Hmm. And we go out and call on those appointments. And um, then, of course, it's up to us to sell the product. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. We're talking to Jamie Carruth of U.S. Lawns and Dr. Meredith Warner of The Healing Soul. Meredith, how much does it cost to make your shoot? That's it expensive. Yeah, it's pretty expensive because it's not just the cost of making it. It's also the shipping costs, and there's a 12% tariff believe it or not. So then it hits the U.S. soil. We pay 12% on top of that. And then we have to ship it from wherever it lands, either Long Beach typically is where they go. And then you truck it across the country. So it varies. I mean, 30 to $40 sometimes. And we're trying to get the cost down. Then we added a rubber outsole and we use natural rubber. So that went, brought the cost back up. And now our next model is going to be leather. So, so, so you have a plant in, in Vietnam that correct. does this for you. Correct. Is there an, an intermediary type of person, like a shoe engineer, that takes your design and puts it into something that, that the, the, the factory knows how to make? Yes. Or? There's, it goes into the, um, CA, the CAD programs. Oh, cool. So uh, we have an engineer that does that, and the factory actually has an engineer that I'm now comfortable working with. Originally, I outsourced and paid my own to do the digital renderings that the machine understands, right? That makes the molds. Very cool. Um, but, but they have one and now that I've worked with them enough. And we, I actually visited the factory myself um, for quality control purposes, as Jamie discusses, um, and you know, met all these people. So now yeah. it's a little bit more comfortable to work with them directly. Well, speaking of equipment and factories, Jamie, I'm curious, did, did you and your son have to invest in the equipment you use or, or does the company help you know, get you a good deal on professional they quality. They do actually. We um, we do did have to invest in the trucks and the um, like the machines, the mowers. The, yes, we did. But we do get a twenty five percent discount on all of our equipment through um, 
vendor partnerships at the um, is it expensive office. to be a franchisee? It's actually, um, after speaking with other people who have bought into franchises, very reasonable. So like a lot less than a Raisin Cane's or a McDonald's? Oh, yes, a lot, a lot And less. probably in much better exercise, too. You get to move oh, around. Well, look, let's take a break from business for a moment. This is a part of the show that we call Another Great Idea. So maybe you've got a friend who's always has a great idea for you, a job you should apply for, a guy you know you should have coffee with. And sometimes they turn out to be great ideas and sometimes they're a flop. Um, do you have an example in your life or career of a friend who had a great idea? And did you take that advice? Did it turn out indeed to be good or bad? Well, growing up, we were read to a lot. Okay. And so we, we learned to love to read, which has been priceless, obviously, for, for my life. Um, and then I remember reading on my own. If I came across a word I didn't know, I would ask my parents, what does this word mean? And my dad always said, I'm just telling you, go look it up. And you're like, <laughs> we had the old actual dictionaries that were actual books that you actually had to open yeah. and go to the page. <laughs> and I remember looking up words, and I think that wasn't true advice. It was more like an order. Um, but that kind of at the very early stage taught me to be self-sufficient, figure it out myself and learn. And I think that's what's helped me in medicine for sure. And now with the healing soul and, and in other things I'm doing, um, lifelong learning, which I think in this day and age is 100% mandatory. Absolutely. If you, if you stop learning, it's over yeah. because the world's moving too fast. And so I'm, I find that I'm constantly reading um, and not just medicine, um, all different fields and trying to assimilate ideas. But I think it started with having to go look the word up myself and then, you know, you learn it better. You, you're, it teaches industriousness, work ethic, et cetera. That's so, great. Mm -hmm. What about you, Jamie? Um, well, one piece of advice that I was given in my early years of being an educator was to be authentic. If you're not authentic, the children pick it up in a New York second. And, that, and that, that's the piece of advice, <clears throat> excuse me, that I carried through my career and told my teachers. And then I had to, to kind of take my own advice again later when Alex and I bought this franchise because, you know, we, we were formulating our roles and I decided I was going to be sales. And I'm totally uncomfortable <laughs> with that. Totally uncomfortable. Uh -oh. Well, wait, in the beginning, totally uncomfortable. I was going out and I was trying to sell. And then another friend gave me an, the same piece of advice. He said, what did you do for the last decades? And mm -hmm. I said, well, I educated. And he goes, don't sell, educate. So when my mindset changed from selling to educating, then I started being successful in sales. That's great. That is great. Super advice. And, and I was going to ask you, but I suppose that this answers the question, is how you know, your career in education did prepare you for this new career. Oh, absolutely. You're dealing with parents are your customers, the students are your customers, and you, you, know, you have the customers always right. So we have um, very particular customers. I mean, they want their commercial business to look good. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm treating them the same way I would my parents, you know, mm -hmm. the customer's always right. Meredith, speaking of your, of your customers, how do you balance your time between your patients at your clinic and, and your, your shoe business? Is it a 50-50 kind of split or is the shoe business just a side thing after hours? Yeah. I I probably should spend more time on the shoe, but uh, the vast majority of my time is spent 
dealing with, with medicine and patients. And the vast majority of that time is spent doing paperwork and dealing with the regulatory regime under which we live right now, which I know my mom was an assistant principal and a teacher for years. Mm-hmm. So education similar, very highly regulated, a lot of mandates, a lot mm-hmm. of ridiculousness that gets in the way of your actual mission. Um, recently, I tried to book a case to wash an affected foot in a diabetic and was told I couldn't do the case because I hadn't completed some training module and some electronic medical record. Um, and they were literally going to make the man just sit there. Right. And uh, I put up a bit of a fuss, and I eventually <laughs> was able to do the case. But that's what's happened in yeah. my industry lately. It's like the regulation has become the mission and not the patients. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent a lot of time fighting the, the uh, insurance companies and, and regulations to try to take care of patients. And so I don't really have a lot of time for the shoe. I wish I had more. Being on your own, I suppose, is, is easier than being part of a big practice. You had mentioned earlier about having to listen to the admin. and do Yeah, that. I think it's easier in terms of autonomy, but it's harder because it's just me against, you know, Blue Cross. I have no negotiating power, mm-hmm. you know, no, no ability to um, really even get a human being on the phone with mm-hmm. Blue Cross or with Aetna or United. So, Well, I'm glad that doctors have that trouble, too. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a policyholder. I, I certainly have that trouble. <laughs> no, it's terrible. Is there a lot of regulation in, in the lawn care business, Jane? You, well, you would be surprised. In Louisiana, not in every state in the United States, but in Louisiana, you can mow yards, you can trim, you can blow. But the minute you open a bag of mulch or start uh-huh. planting, you have to have your horticulturist license. Really? Are you yes. serious? Yes. Really? Okay. And so you all obviously have your horticulturist license? Yes. Okay. And it was not as easy as you would think. You know, it required lots of studying. Mm-hmm. And then and you had to take a test? Yes, you had to take a test. And they were explaining to me how to do a Scantron. I was like, I think I know. <laughs> um, you also have, you can't spray any chemicals without your chemical applicator license, which is an, another license. A whole that you separate have. process. Mm-hmm. Whole Interesting. Separate. Irrigation, you have to have an irrigation license. So Louisiana is regulated. And, and are these all coming from the same board, or do we have three Louisiana, separate boards? It comes from the Department of Agriculture. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. regulated through them. Do you enjoy the work? and Do you get out in the field much with Alex? I, I do. I enjoy it. Um, I have a good friend who's also in the business, and she's been supporting me. We go out and, um, you know, seasonally every, we plant flowers every, you know, twice a year. And so she'll help me go to the nursery. And I really do. I love getting my hands dirty. I told him the other day that, and he was like, I can't believe that. I really like to weed. <laughs> See, I do too. I mean, <laughs> instant, I say, instant gratification. I'm so, right. It is. It's instant yeah. gratification. And you're, that, and you're free and you're outside, right? Right. Because I knew, I, I mean, one of the things that, spurred me to, to do this with Alex was not just working with him, but I knew when he was a small child that there was no way that he was going to sit behind a desk, mm-hmm. he, baseball or hunting or horseback <laughs> riding or something, that he had to find a career. He's able to learn business from the ground up doing this. That's, yeah, that's great. Personal experiences. Well, Meredith, I've, I've sensed some like frustration from you talking about the healthcare industry. Where, where do you see it going? That's something I ask myself every day. Because you have to plan for the future, and it's almost impossible right now. I have no idea. I'll, I'll, you know, right now I just try to help patients with $6,000 deductibles get care. Um, it's a little bit difficult. I mean, what I do, I love. Um, I love orthopedic surgery. I love fixing things, and I love um, operating and making people feel better and getting people back to their quality of life. But um, 
it, it, they're trying to make it very difficult for us. And I, I really don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. I don't think that um, they, meaning Washington, know what they're going to do. No, clearly. No. They have no idea. I don't idea. think anybody has any idea right now. Clearly they have no idea. Do you end up putting a lot of your patients in your shoe? Uh, yeah, I offer it to them. I mean, you know, I don't, you know, force it on bias. So, <laughs> and they know, I, you know, I say, look, I, this is my shoe. I designed it. So obviously I'm going to think it works, but I let them try it. But, uh, yeah, I put a fair number in it. I mean, it, it really works well. So I'm comfortable doing it because I know it's a good treatment. Are there any that it doesn't work on? Yeah, every now and then I'll find somebody that has um, heel pain that actually comes from a nerve being compressed in the ankle, in which case it doesn't matter what shoe you're in. You okay. have to decompress that nerve. So there's certain diagnoses where it won't work because it's not designed to do, you know, it's, a, it's designed to treat a mechanical problem. So if it's a neural problem or like a polyneuropathy from diabetes or something like that, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, there's plenty that it doesn't work for but for true plantar fasciitis heel pain it actually works great for forefoot pain so I have a lot of runners that get pain in the ball of their foot yeah um, it works really well for that that's why I wear it because I get pain under my second toe and and is it comfortable to wear if you don't have plantar oh, fasciitis yeah. yeah it's designed for foot health so I mean it's in like my Achilles opinion tendonitis kind of thing. right well Achilles tendonitis is different because remember it's a rocker sole yeah so when you wear it you have you have the ability to drop your heel down into what's called a zero drop mm -hmm. which puts a little stretch on the Achilles so some people if they have a raging Achilles tendonitis that actually is uncomfortable because they feel better in a wedge right? right they feel better shortening the tendon so this shoe will actually lengthen the tendon but it but that's good for the tendon you want to stretch it flexibility is good so yes and no it's good for them but sometimes it's a little bit painful if they have a severe Achilles tendonitis interesting i always like to ask guests in, you know who are entrepreneurs or in business about access to capital i don't know if you all are in that position where you need to grow yet or expand but have you found availability here in this market i don't know if you needed to borrow before y'all launched Jane. um uh, fortunately I, I had um i had some capital that we could access mm -hmm. before so you're but just I, not in a position yet where you need to soon we're soon. about yes we're adding a fourth employee and we're going to need, I, I would say, in the next month to add another truck and trailer. And then we pull two of those employees off of that truck, off of the truck with four, start our second truck. Have you gone to lenders locally I have or not. investors? I have not. Not as yet. What about um, you, Meredith? Yeah, so I have had the need for capital, and I anticipate we will in the future when we want to have a bigger national push with, with marketing and inventory because we have heavy inventory costs obviously my, the minimum order for my factory is 3,000 shoes wow so I have to sit on that inventory until it's sold so yeah I have had to get loans and set up lines of credit um, just to make sure that you know I can pull the trigger on inventory and, and when you need to mark right how many pairs have you sold oh my gosh I'd have to have my team here to answer that but I want to say Roughly. We've made two or three orders, so we've probably sold around three or 4,000. That's great. Yeah. All around the country. All around the country. Good deal. Yep. Well, Meredith Warner and Jamie Carruth, it's always so interesting to hear about people who are taking their careers in new and different directions, and y'all have great ideas, bringing great stuff to market here. So thanks for sharing your stories today on Out to Lunch. Thanks Thank for having you. us. It's very nice of you. My guests today on Out to Lunch have been Meredith Warner of The Healing Soul and Jamie Carruth of U.S. Lawns. You can find out more about The Healing Soul and U.S. Lawns by following the links on our website. It's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Today's show is recorded 
recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. All the music on Out to Lunch is composed and performed by Mitchell Foreman. You can find more of Mitchell's music wherever great jazz is streamed or sold and at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, it's batonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum. Want great business banking features like advanced payment processing? Whitney Bankers can help you find the right solutions for your business. Stop by one of Whitney's nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South or visit HancockWhitney.com, member FDIC.